Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. My name is James, joined as always by Ryan. We are coming to you following Everton's thrilling, perplexing, kind of shocking 3-3 draw with Manchester United at Old Trafford. It was a a, uh, somber day to start start things off as it was the 63rd anniversary of the Munich air disaster in which, what was it, 20 people related to Manchester United Football Club sadly passed away so there's a moment of silence before the match um but on a lighter note everton of course came back from two deficits to equalize at the death by one dominic calvert lewin goal a just just a weird match ryan i'll go to you first for your instant match reaction because i was quite frankly speechless if i'm manchester united the last two times we've played at their place we've come away with a point in each time and they gotta be shaking their head a little bit but yeah, it was a strange match. You know, we'll get into the timeline, but it was really just multiple phases. And yeah, I think part of it is is a different tactical system for us that we hadn't seen in a while. So maybe that's why it seems so strange. But I don't think any Everton fan would walk away from this not feeling pretty good. That's why I said I, w- I wish we could hear uh, for the listeners. We can't hear the intro like Steve's cool intro that he did for us, which we love and. I, I just wanted to hear it today, you know, like getting into it and just, I, I, I don't know, the cheer. And yeah, I think we should all be pretty stoked that we got a point today. Um, I don't know if we deserved it. I mean, we'll get in the XG. It says maybe we did, but it didn't feel like it. It, it feels fortunate. feels very fortunate. I mean, going down 2-0 on basically two identical build-up and then goals. So frustrating to, to see that happen where we apply very little pressure. And so at halftime, I was pretty resigned to us kind of capitulating and only having bad things happen in the second half. To have us respond like that, coming right out of the gates with uh, some fire, some some fight shown, I was uh, I was actually borderline falling asleep because I was like, I'm really I was really tired. And I just I couldn't suffer through another one of those matches. But credit to the boys. Fought back, equalized, and I was right up in my chair, edge of my seat for the remainder of the match. And then we went down again. It's like, oh, here we go. Disappointment, <laughs> disappointment. And I had actually typed up the like post-match asking for reaction tweet, assuming that we would lose 3-2. And I was about to send it. And then Calvert Lewis scores. It's like, oh my God, okay, I gotta I gotta reframe this whole conversation. So it was up and down, emotional roller coaster to say the least, but just to wind it back, wind back the clock a little bit to when the lineup first came out, I was pretty encouraged. You know, you had Hamas Rodriguez coming back into the lineup. You had Michael Keane in for Yerry Mina, which I think we'll probably touch on uh, throughout the course of the episode because it was an interesting decision, but presumably just a rotational choice by Carlo. Mina had been in there for like five or six straight matches and Keane was arrested last match. So you got to rotate personnel. And then Tom Davies in for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Tom Davies has been on a decent run of form and I was hoping he'd be able to keep that up. But Manchester United is no joke, Ryan. And they named a strong starting 11. They did. I I still hated the Mina sub. I mean, everything I started thinking about, especially when I figured out how we were playing from a tactical setup, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, There's also a level of familiarity with Cavani, who's a tricky player. Mina's played against him internationally quite a bit, too. Uh, I didn't like it. I understand there's got to be some rotation, but these are center halves. Um, I don't know. Just... My personal opinion didn't like it. Uh, yeah, Manchester United's lineup was no massive surprises. I know Baye's a little irritated that Lindelof keeps playing ahead of him, um, but pretty much the usual suspects. They always play four-two-three-one, or for the most part, they do. Um, Greenwood is not always in the mix too, but he was in there. But really, their two danger guys, at least with the ball, are typically. Uh, Rashford and Bruno Fernandez, uh, although they brought in Paul Pogba and that doesn't matter. I mean, McTominay and Fred together is a very different combination than Pogba and McTominay. Uh, and you know, it's a little more attack oriented. Pogba obviously doesn't have quite the range and the defensive workload. Um, but on his day, I mean, you saw how badly he dominated against us last time we played them with the ball. Uh, it's also worth noting that yes, the announcers would have you think uh, Manchester United's on fire with their form because they hammered Southampton, but really they tired, tied Arsenal the match before that didn't look great, lost to uh, Sheffield before that. So 
Uh, they're a little up and down right now, but yeah, this is a big opportunity for them to, to go up. Right. Yeah. I mean, a huge, obviously they had the chance to go joint top with, with Manchester city who still have matches in hand, but um, opportunity for Everton too to break through and get in back into the top six mix. So both sides with a lot to, to gain from this match and right from the get go, I actually thought we started pretty brightly. And I think the way the tactics ended up shaping out, a new kind of system or I guess a system that we haven't utilized lately uh, by Carlo. And it ended up being a little bit lopsided in the way that we attacked, which isn't unusual because we typically favor the left-hand side, but just the the discrepancy, the lack of the right-hand side, I think was at least for the first half, a, a theme that was really obvious to the casual observer. Yeah. And so you figure man, you setting up, they, they had this cornerback's, a little higher than at least I've seen them at times. Uh, they love to attack off the left. Um, I, I think their challenge is Bruno and Rashford have so much freedom to move. So they're constantly setting up those three V twos and wide spaces. We both the first half goals were like that. We'll get into that. They're fullbacks. They, they push them up high. Yeah. In our instance, you wouldn't think that you want to play down, uh, down their side of strength, because as, as you said, off the pod, Juan Basaka is quite a good defensive player. Maybe Lindelof's their weakness on that side too. But, you know, we've got Andre and, and Godfried hasn't played with them that much and played left center back with Keen much and Dean over there. So you figure, you know, that's a lot smarter, maybe to attack down that side than force it down the left with Decore over there. But yeah, I mean, we were four, three, one, two for the most part. James was tracking Pogba, maybe not as aggressively as Siggy had done in some of the previous matches um, in the four, three, three Davies was in the middle of Andre and Decore. And Davies was really aggressive in tracking individual players, uh, which was good at times, problematic at others. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you saw, you saw us pressing high at times and being aggressive. And I, I think we started out with enough of that. Um, that it seemed to work. And then when they broke the pressure, it seemed like our release valve was constantly left. Um, but yep. while it was decently effective, I, I, I guess, in the first 20 minutes or so, it tapered off at times and caused us problems. Um, I do kind of wonder, maybe, man, you attacked uh, still mostly down the left. Maybe they should have attacked more on the right, considering their goals were were generated from that side. Um, the shots in terms of where they were, were pretty even. I mean, again, we typically get more shots inside the six yard box. Uh, they tend to shoot from distance more, mostly just because Bruno Fernandez loves to shoot from distance more. Um, what did you think though? The difference in XG I thought was interesting. Everything I looked at had Everton much higher. Did you feel like after the match that we had the better chances? Well, look, we ended up with three shots on target and three goals and we ended up with six total shots. I thought United looked threatening at various points throughout the match. I thought they obviously had a higher volume of chances and they were in relatively uh, dominant in possession. I went, you know, 62, 38 split there. So they didn't maybe control it as much as they would have liked, but I did think out of possession, um, we looked a little bit uncomfortable at times and, and they were able to create things, control possession around our outside of our box as well. I think it's one of the reasons why I think that is it's it's what we've seen a lot of times is that we'd have attacks where we didn't generate a shot at times in the past against some of the teams recently. And thus, you know, XG is only going to record something if you make an attempt and and we kind of blew opportunities that way. We didn't see as much of that. We were way more efficient today. So maybe that's why it didn't feel like it was as many chances. But we also didn't have a shot in the first, like our first shot didn't come until like the 40th minute. So it was, uh, even though we had some okay chances, we did at least possession in the final third, but nothing really to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm off on that feeling, but maybe it was just a, it's just a total output number. I don't know what it was, but it did seem like there were distinct phases in the match and we'll go through it as we go through the timeline. That being said, I mean, if you listen to the NBC announcers, they'd make you think that it was pure domination the entire time. I, I think that was a little exaggerated. Um, the other just general notice that I had is I, I spent a couple minutes when I rewatched the match, just watching John Moss. And honestly, <laughs> someone needs to check on him. Uh, he looked like he was going to die at times. <laughs> He's just not moving very quickly. And it, and you saw it. I mean, some of the foul calls were just flipping a coin. I know it's a fast ga game, but like, I don't know, man. He just, yeah, just, you know, he just missing calls right and left. But anyway, yeah, let's get into it. Um, you know, early on, it was a little back and forth. I thought we looked okay in the break. We were pressing higher. Um, you know, 
eventually, though, it seemed like man, man, you kind of settled into the match, had more possession and created some problems with us um, probably around the 19th on to about their first goal. Yeah. And I thought just quickly on, on John Moss, I mean, there were, I thought he, he was bad, but not in like a discriminatory way where it was one way nope. or the other. I just thought he was missing calls left and right letting fouls go like Mason Holgate had a couple that he let go a couple that he called on him that I thought were really questionable and likewise on our end. Uh, but to your point about the timeline. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought very out, out of the gate, I thought we looked pretty bright. I thought Decore Davies and Gomez all looked uh, to link up with one another pretty effectively. We were passing quickly using short passes to kind of open up space and free our, our longer passes open wide. Richarlison was able to get one V one versus Aaron Juan Basaka a couple times. Again, I, don't really think that that's like the best way to break man you down because Juan Basaka is so good at on the ball defending, but we got kind of the first uh, warning shot fired around the 19th minute. And this would come back to bite us because Mason Greenwood gets the ball just above kind of the elbow of the 18 yard box. And he fires across far post looking for Cavani. It ended up. Uh, and again, he gets the ball there and it's Ben Godfrey and Andre Gomez in the general vicinity Godfrey immediately backs off as soon as he gets it to his feet. Gomez hesitates and doesn't close down, leaves him free. And that should have probably set off alarm bells in our head, but obviously it didn't because it was just a couple minutes later where they exploited that same position again. But after that chance, we did have a decent opportunity with Dean playing Dominic Calvert-Lewin in from like a central area kind of over the top. And DCL tries to create a shot and credit to Luke Shaw because he made a, a really good ta sliding tackle to put Calvert-Lewin off. But uh, yeah, that was really our only, and that should have been probably our first shot, but wasn't. So we went on a little bit of a drought after that. Yeah. They, we were looking for that. You know, you saw that a couple different times in, in the match. Um, yeah. Man use first goal. I think uh, the warning shot in the 19th from Greenwood was the same thing. You know, it was um, one of those examples. Bruno goes wide, right? Rashford drops into, I, I guess I like the term elbow. I know it's, a, I like it's it. a basketball That's, term, but yeah, okay. yeah, right. Come on. We're Americans. You know, we got to embrace yeah. what we're good at that. I mean, that whole basketball <laughs> thing, um, you know, Juan Basaka kind of runs forward. Andre follows Bruno Dean tracking Juan Basaka, you know, already kind of lets him go. Can't close down on Rashford and Cavani's movement is so good. He's constantly in the channels and that time he kind of cut on the back post and, you know, Rashford had time to serve it because of the movement and the indecision. Maybe it's a new system, but those are difficult cho choices to make, you know, when to let someone go. And I mean, the, the delivery was spot on. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Can Keane do better? Can Olsen do better? I'm curious what you think about that. Well, I thought for one, I thought Keane, I mean, you would have been lucky to, to slip a deck of cards under his feet because he's barely able to get off the ground. Yeah. His positioning is okay. And I, I do think it's worth noting, you know, the, the space that they create at that elbow area wasn't due to any kind of like overload or anything like that. It was purely just from the movement, uh, bringing it down kind of deep towards the touchline and cutting it back, forcing our defensive line back and then opening up that, that space at the top of the box. Um, Olsen, I really don't think Olsen was at fault for that goal. It was a, it was a good cross, but, it was a good cross because he had all day to pick the cross and, and no one contested him. And you give professionals of their quality of the quality of, of Rashford, that kind of time, they're going to pick you apart every time. So um, a little bit frustrating in that regard. Uh, but was, what was more frustrating was the ensuing minutes where we really kind of crumbled it and it really put us off of our rhythm. Yeah, they, they knew that there was space over there. Uh, they were now distributing the ball faster and wider uh, in more dangerous areas. We, you know, James was not tracking all that well, that kind of pass into Pogba. Um, and, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we weren't pressing consistently, too. You know, and the one time we did, I think in the 41st, 41st is the one where Andre kind of plays Dean over the top. Actually, I mean, what happened was, they would play the ball into us and we would win it back, whether it was by our own volition or their poor play. And we would immediately just fire it upwards. You know, yeah. when we took just a moment, just a quick little pass, like we did in the first 20 minutes, get settled and then look for the open guy. The counter was way more effective. I mean, the ball moves a lot faster than people. You don't need to take it so fast. You know where this isn't, we're not Red Bull. 
you know, and it's okay. And in that play, it was kind of funny, you know, kind of went over top and then it was a 50, 50 battle with Lindelhoff and, and Dean kind of, you know, ricocheted off him and came to Richie. He had an open net there. It would have been a heck of a play and he kind of slipped and muffed it. But you know, that was a sign that, Hey, look guys, if we're going to do this commit to the pressure, you know, and everyone's got to get behind it. And, and we just didn't, that was an isolated incident. And, Sure enough, in the 45th, you know, man, you scored their second goal and a very similar type of play on the first. This one, there was some debate on terms of whose fault it was. I mean, at the time, Andre had shuffled and switched with Tom, just it's kind of how it worked. He was suddenly in the middle. Davies was in the left side of kind of the three midfield. Um, Greenwood had run from central into the wide position. Davies tracked him like he was most of the match, really following people in a man standpoint. Um, Juan Basaka was already wide, so Dean kind of had to shade over him. I think Fred right. passed it, in essence, through Bruno, gets to Juan Basaka. Davies had tracked Greenwood, so now Juan Basaka plays it immediately back to Bruno in about the same place. So what's Tom Davies supposed to do there? Cavani cuts in the middle, in the middle channel, so... And we've already seen him score once and Godfrey has him behind him now. So he can't be aggressive and jump out at Bruno. And that's pretty far for him to go to. He's about, you know, 20, 25, you know, meters away. So what are you going to do? Davies has to look at Greenwood. He hesitates to go out of maybe Andre swings over. I don't know, but it was the poor shape. We hadn't rehearsed it. It was purely tactical. And Bruno deserves a lot of credit. I mean, to play that ball up in the air, have a dip was remarkable. I, I don't know if Olsen's positioning looked pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, he was a little out from his line, and I think that was a good place to be. I mean, it just was a really good shot. I'm really not going to fault Olsen for either of those goals because it's a great strike by Bruno, but similar to the great cross from Rashford for the first one, he's got all day. And he's got all day because it's a well-worked move. Yeah. And we're just kind of put us out of position. Um, and, and to your point about where, what player steps up there, right? It's like, pick your poison. Well, if you step, then you leave the easy middle central channel open and you lays it off and it's a goal. Yeah, possibly. You kind of, at some point, it's like, make make them make a play. And they made two good plays from that area. Um, you still have to do better, but I think it's to some point, you kind of got to, you know, mitigate risk in a way that's like, look, if he's going to score from there, he's going to score from there in that situation. Uh, I still think we have to be better and have the numbers over there in order to match up and not let Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandez dominate us you in, crazy. In dictate play. Cause that's their two guys. And it seems like no matter what we do, they're the two guys that always end up biting. Us. It just goes to show you that fastball movement from distance and good. I mean, that it's a rehearsed move in essence, the triangles they're creating out right. there. If you do it right. I mean, you can, that's how you break people open in the final third, but I mean, Bruno, you know, it was definitely a class finish as, as annoying as we may find him. Um, mm, so which is very annoying. Oh, I just God. Um, yeah. And the thing is, I mean, Olsen six foot five. I mean, that, that's a pretty good shot. So, so after that happened, I'm thinking, dear Lord, we need to just get to halftime, make some adjustments and I don't know what Manchester United was doing. How could they give Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets played in by Mason Holgate, which was a beautiful pass, weighted, shaped very well. Ball was right there. Dom made a wonderful first touch, played it in front of him. I, I should have scored. He brought he it left. I, he has to do yeah, I mean, he brought it onto his left foot. He had the whole right side open. He just pushed it wide. I mean, what a massive difference that would have made. I think Juan Basaka played him on. I mean, how can yep. you as a fullback let that you're up two nil, man. I, I really don't think they expected it because Mason Holgate, a not really known for his long, long ball ability. And he hits it kind of unexpectedly where he just looks up, he sees the run and he kind of pings. Yeah. It. He had a little pressure on him too. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And so I don't think they were expecting it, but Juan Basaka is uh, off of the other three United defenders are all on a consistent line. And Juan Basaka plays him on. De Gea does a decent job of closing down the angle. He closes it. It's very central. So it's like, which direction do you go And Again, and not to defend Calvert-Lewin, but it's not that far off. He didn't yeah, yeah, put yeah. it, you know, it's not totally throw. He puts it just wide, but at the same time, that's now three or four chances in the last couple of games where he realistically could and probably should score and doesn't. So a little frustrating in that regard. Plus the fact that, again, if we nick one back before halftime, totally different mentality totally different game coming out for the second half as it stood down two nil a lot of work to do uh but i don't know Ryan. what do you think went on uh at the halftime team talk because i put out a tweet i think big dunk probably shoved a couple guys in their locker and uh 
did some stuff because it was a just dramatic transformation immediately upon the second half. Kick. Well, the funny part is too, right on the 46th minute, you had Holgate run up, like miss a tackle badly. Luke Shaw yes. had a massive chance, you know, and he kind of went forward, made a real long run. Um, and, you know, Decore kind of, he got by him and Andre had a classic Andre moment where he's tracking with him perfectly. You're like, all right, Andre, we're seeing a change in Andre. He looks away and he looks back and Shaw's already away from him. <laughs> I'm like, God, come on, man. Yeah. Olsen made a really good save there, but yes. you know, next thing you know, bang. I mean, the whole sequence on our goal in the 47th was absolutely brilliant. I mean, Dean's pass to Tom Davies from our own end, like Tom's ability to jump into the play on that. Now, yeah. It's a little bit rash, maybe, because he's supposed to be our defensive mid, but it was fantastic. Dean hit him brilliant. They played another one, too. Uh, and and Tom Davies, what a beautifully weighted pass for Dom to run on to. And yeah, I mean, it's a Degia mess up. I mean, really, I mean, it's a weak kind of outside the foot shot. And Shaw's tracking to Corey the whole way. Right. And then similar to what Andre did, the second he moved, DeCorey made a really clever, the second he turned his head the other way, DeCorey kind of cut inside, made a clever little run to it, picked up the garbage, and suddenly it's 2-1. And I was I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, and it was an interesting one because, you know, I watched the replay of the goal several times, and De Gea needs to do better, but I also think he's expecting Calvert-Lewin to have a better shot on goal yeah, like, directly at him. It ends up being like almost horizontal. And so he puts an arm out. I, and I also think that Luke Shaw probably would have gotten to it had he not touched it and had a pretty easy clearance. I agree. At least at the corner as it stood De Gea kind of knocks it down right in the path of Decore, who's cutting in, making a great run, intelligent run from midfield into the box, taps it in. You score early in the second half. You got to have that belief. And I think that was a catalyst for, uh, an interesting next couple of minutes as well. Yeah. And I think the next couple of minutes were exactly what we talked about in the first half when we looked good, if you're going to put on pressure and they will play into you and eventually turn it over um, that's fine, but it's about having that little bit of composure. You know what I mean? Making that little pass, that little extra pass to give it to someone who has time and space and can play a proper counter ball. You know, it's funny. You know, at one point in the 50th minute, we had that three on two where Richie kind of left it behind him and yeah, couldn't quite yeah, yeah. get it going forward. But that, that was a chance that didn't quite, come into anything and i and the announcers were talking and again this is where you wish you're at the match but carlo apparently was going to sub on sigurdsson and told gilfie to go put his stuff back down which i think if every evertonian heard they might applaud that all right that's not nice um <laughs> sorry i like gilfie too um cruel but sure enough uh you know you saw us turning up the heat a little bit and you saw the efficiency and the focus and sure enough in the 52nd minute you know bang it's level and I mean, this yeah. is another one where it was very funny too, because a lot, apparently I think a lot of things are funny in this time period. Uh, Tom Davies gets the ball and Hamas is like, just give me the ball. And Davies <laughs> just stops and backs off. He's like, go ahead, bro. You can have it, man. Take it. Go for it. And uh, he, and, and DeCorey gets in this lovely position right in between the lines. And, and Hamas makes this lovely line cutting pass. One of his strange angle passes where he kind of looks the one way and kind of plays it to him. And, but the one thing that defied logic in this goal that I think is the most amazing part about it. So DeCorey gets the ball, turns, plays the ball left to Dean. Now, DeCorey at this point is wide of the end of the 18-yard box. I mean, he's literally in the left half right. space. Okay, so, so explain to me how this is possible. So Dean crosses it in. It gets flicked on from Lindelof, right? Flipped all the way over to the other side of the 18 in the other half space. And who comes up with the ball? Decore is just there to clean up. How the is that he, possible? Did he violate the, man, the time space continuum? It doesn't make sense. He's got the warp speed, Ryan. He's got that extra gear that just ships him. You know uh, it is? It's the Epstein it. drive for the expanse boys on the Discord. Uh, yeah, there it is right there. <laughs> but no, so he settles it down, fires one down the middle. And can we talk about James's uh, settling and finish? I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful because it's really, it's a good ball to James, but. <clears throat> I don't think there's very many of our players that would be able to take a first touch of that quality. And then as soon as he gets it down on the ground on his left foot, one hop, there's only one place it's going to go bottom corner snipes it. Boom, boom. We're level. And a lot of time left. And all of a sudden I'm like sitting bolt upright in my chair. Like what did I just witness? <laughs> yeah. Was... You know, I thought maybe we'd get one to make it interesting for the, for the remainder and maybe equalize. I didn't think we'd score two goals in three minutes to, to draw level with 
third over half an hour left to play. Yeah. And it looked like we then changed our system up a little bit. Uh, I could be wrong, but what I could see, and I watched it back a couple times, Dominic Calvert-Lewin after the game talked about changing the system too. And I was kind of curious yep. about it. Cause I'm like, I don't really remember it being too terribly different, but it did look like it was more of a four, four, two or, or four, four, one, one with James really now focusing way more, much more concerted effort to man Mark Fred. Um, Hamas was also limping a little bit at one point too. So his yeah. foot might've been bothering him. I think that might've been the sub, uh, but ironically we really sat back more. So I don't know if that was good or bad. I mean, I don't blame Carlo. You're on the road. It's two, two at this point. You have no business probably at being two, two at that point. At least that's yeah. our impression. And certainly NBC announcers reminded us of it. Um, <laughs> But I mean, then they had 82% basically possession and, and for a long time until they scored. And it was just, it wasn't our best, our best sequence. Um, you know, I, I think in the 62nd minute, I, I, we keep bringing this up. Uh, Olsen made a really nice, nice save. I thought um, sometimes these are forgotten when goalies make mistakes. Um, yeah. Rasher just played I mean, in. It, it was a nice play by Cavani. And it's not a great angle for Rashford, but it is Olsen again, guards the near post really well. And, and Rashford hits it almost directly at him. Um, and they looked a little bit threatening. And to your point about sitting back a little bit more, look, that's how we've had a lot of our success over the last few months, maybe trying to play a bit too expansively in the first half, a bit too quickly came back to bite us. And so settle in, defend, weather the storm and, and maybe go on and get a winner. Uh, but obviously that, didn't end up happening because after that save from Olsen eight minutes later on a free kick, Scott McTominay flicks it ball into the box. And, and this is probably a result of our low block on defending set pieces, but he flicks it and Olsen looks it's first of all, it's really weakly hit. So as soon as it comes off his head, I'm like, okay, but then immediately Olsen loses his footing as he's trying to boost himself over to get across and, Again, it really wasn't that well hit, but it goes into the corner and it's three, two. Yeah, he just slipped. I mean, it's that's all it really is. And you know, look, he makes mistakes too. We we've said it on the American Toffee podcast. I think both of us agree that we like Olsen a little better as a keeper. He's a little more reliable. Yeah. I don't want to put words into your mouth. And we've had two plus years of Pickford not even just making mistakes, just giving up giving up shots. And I think it's pretty ridiculous that they scored a couple times at shots outside the box and Pickford wasn't the one to give them up. Um, yeah. You know, it just works out that way, but look, Olsen's not a perfect keeper. You know, he, he's a good keeper. I don't think he's a great keeper. And I think ultimately Everton knows that. I think it's a good loan move. I'm glad he's our backup, but I, I, I don't think we'd entertain buying him and making us making him his first our first team keeper so um but let's not jump immediately on the guy and say he makes more mistakes than pickford and all this other yeah. shenanigans there's some um, there's too many overreactions frankly out there some days and today on social and, media it was pretty ridiculous i thought look i won't have that conversation simply because it's not a decision making error or anything like that it's a bit of bad luck and he loses his footing if he he was well set up and well positioned to make the save Sometimes that's the way it goes. I don't think he really put a foot wrong today in terms of his things. He had a lot of control over. Look, you slip sometimes. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Ellen Road, but it was perhaps a little slippery at Old Trafford. It happens. It was unfortunate the timing because it was deflating, having fought back and yeah. equalized to go down again. Everything. Oh boy. Well, how are we going to come back from this one? And really, the ensuing the next like twenty odd minutes, not a whole lot of note happened. We had a couple substitutes. We had um, Alex Wobie come on for Tom Davies, which I thought was interesting. I, I thought Tom played well, maybe get a little more one-on-one uh, -on -one dribbling ability, driving the ball forward a bit more. And then we had Josh King in the 81st come on for Decore. Uh, just again, another attacking option as you try to go on and, and snatch a point at the death. Uh, in the 87th minute, we had an interesting, it was a long ball, and I'm not sure exactly what the buildup was, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin goes in on Maguire. Maguire basically shields the ball and goes down at the first sign of contact, pathetic. expecting to get bailed out with the call, which it's pathetic, Ryan, but more often than not, players get rewarded it's for true. that type of behavior. And so credit to John Moss for not rewarding the flop for Maguire. Calvert-Lewin was expecting it too, because he like slows up for a split second and then realizes, okay, we're good. And he plays it into Richie. And again, Richie, basically at the edge of the 18, he was one-on-one -on -one with, uh, I think, Lindelof. And he just takes a little too long, tries to get it back onto his right foot, and he, he curls one 
wide right. Yeah, I think Fred tracked back enough to maybe make a yeah. little bit of a difference. Maybe Richarlison could have been more decisive. I'm sure he's tired at that point, too. I mean, so it's part of that. But that's that's another one. We had one last match, too, where he just didn't quite get his foot around it. And again, maybe it's fatigue. I mean, the guy's working really hard, but you wanted him to score so badly, oh. you know? I know we're all rooting for it. I mean, it's pretty good pass by Dom too. I'll give him credit for that as well, too. Um, Yeah. You know, the one good thing that John Moss did not do is he didn't call all the flopping around stuff. I mean, he missed some of them. I mean, like when Holgate had his foot stomped on, I don't know how the heck he missed that one. That was insane to me, but he wasn't giving Bruno all his flops and garbage. And let's be honest. Tell me you didn't enjoy Tom Davies putting the studs into him a couple of times and putting him on the ground. Beautiful. And so, so I'll say this though. So we get an extra time thing. I, I didn't think, I mean, never in my mind did I think that we were going to tie that up at all. I just assumed we're kind of going to play it out. I didn't turn my TV off like some other people, but I did watch it. And I, I just was like, what, what happened? Like, <laughs> What just happened? I mean, Olsen's going up there and, you know, normally it's like this really heightened, like pandemonium type thing. And kudos to Josh King for, I mean, he didn't look very good in his few touches. Uh, Neither did Awobi, but again, there's like two or three touches, Um, but he did draw the foul and that was good. Uh, The service was good. The play was good. Keenan guys draped over him and flicked it over. And I don't know about you. The second I saw it because of the camera angle, it's kind of behind the player. You're thinking, oh God, please don't have handled it. I I didn't think he was off sides, but I was like, and I guess that's modern football now with VAR and stuff. Had we had a better camera angle, I would have been more joyful about it, but that's yeah. kind of how it was. And you're sitting there, you're like, that. we did not just get a point there, did we? A goal scored that late, you're always going to have, with the introduction of VAR, just there's this sinking feeling <laughs> in the back of your stomach, in the bottom of your stomach. You're like, there's, it's like from a free kick from like midfield. And if it's flicked on by Keane and Calvert-Lewin takes it off his chest, not his arm, not a handball, but as you said, it, it could very well have been offside from the angle we saw. And he flicks it in from like within the six yard box, classic Albert Lewin goal yep. out of basically nothing. Again, we really, I don't know what the XG on that shot was, but I mean, the chance itself was good, but the initial starting point, I didn't think there was a chance in heck that we would score that one. So credit to Dom and also credit to Ben Godfrey in the celebration telling the Man U players <laughs> to F off, that, which I love. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, that Man U team does bring out the best in certain people. I mean, they just have some guys yeah. that kind of, you know, get you. And I, I think Everton's got a couple of those guys too. So I'm glad to see that. That's something I think we've sorely, sorely missed. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those games you look back and say, I don't know if we deserve to win that or not. There were some good performances. I don't know how many were amazing. I think Decore just for that, you know, 10 minutes going into the second half um, almost deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, just coming out of nowhere, showing the fitness he has, how much running he was doing, uh, bang, goal and assist, just like that, like bing, bing. Uh, pretty remarkable. He had one key pass, two dispossessions. Um, and look, he was designed to be out there on the right side to kind of shut those guys down because we know we like them to tack on the left in front of Holgate. I don't think Holgate did great. So uh, I think DeCorey was definitely in the good department. And I got to say, Tom Davies has got to be in there too. I put Tom Davies in the good department. I mean, first 15 minutes, I thought he was head and shoulders, probably our best player. I really thought he was like anticipating passes really well. He jumped in front of a couple again, started really brightly ended with the second highest pass percentage of 90%, just 1% behind bed. Godfrey uh, did a really good job kind of disrupting in front of the back line, protecting that back line in that Allen role that he's been operating in. But then he also picked his spots to get forward. Like he did for the second goal or the give and go. So it was really nice. Um, maybe done a little bit better to close down the goal from Bruno ended up with three tackles, two interceptions, a dribble, I just think you're, you're looking at a player who knows his limitations and knows what he's capable of and is playing very much within himself and, and doing what he does best and making a key impact when he's given opportunities. And we're looking at now, it's been a couple months where he has been consistently good. I'd say good. I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say amazing, but he's in, in our most needed area of depth in the pitch. He's come in and he's done a really good job. So credit to him. He deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, I think, a lot of guys were okay. Um, Hamez, I thought the criticism was way too harsh on him. Again, NBC announcers uh, talking about, I mean, he wanted to break, you know, others sometimes didn't. So he was playing more aggressive passes. I think that's a couple of the balls that he lost. He could have done probably more to deny Pogba a bit 
uh, put in a little more work on defense. Um, but you know what? Look, he was fouled four times. And I mean, I, I mean, that finish was just wonderful. And he was critical to uh, critical to the buildup in, in that goal as well, too. And I mean, look, he was dispossessed three times. He had one bad touch. Um, and there were a couple of times he played probably too risky a passes, especially closer in our own end. But I thought he was fine. I mean, people are really, I think, a little bit ridiculous. I, I just I don't like this narrative that's building that he doesn't work. And it really irritates me because I think people don't appreciate kind of what he's doing beyond the quality he has. It's more than that. Uh, I think a couple other guys in there. I don't know what you thought about Hamez or who else you kind of throw in that okay department. I think Andre's close to good for sure. Yes, I definitely put Andre in the close to good. And again, I'm similar to Davies, a player who is on a bit of a resurgent run of form. Um, four for nine on tackles. So he's at least putting tackles in. We know that's not necessarily his forte uh dribbled past five times but he did have a key pass and i thought he provided a, a little bit of a sense of calm in the middle of the park um, did a good job of, of utilizing his body again shielding the ball maintaining possession there's one really slick little spin movie he used to get free and then he promptly uh, i think gave the ball away but looked lively looked uh again you're never gonna you're never gonna get a lot from him on the defensive side of the ball and He's not the quickest of feet, but looking to similar to Hamas, a player who's looking to drive the ball forward when so many of our players look content to pass back. And I think that just the courage in general, he deserves some credit. Yeah, I, I think. Um, and then moving up kind of farther up front. Uh, I mean, I think I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin did a lot of good things. Uh, you know, yes. it's pretty funny. He's been so clinical, I think, um, this year, relatively speaking, statistically speaking. But the last couple of games, maybe not quite as much. Um, but I thought today he did some of the other things that he doesn't do so well, uh, pretty well, you know, coming back for the ball, his passing was okay, man, you know, and you got to give him credit for scoring, you know, scoring the, the goal at the end. I mean, that, yeah. that was great concentration, you know, good instinct and, um, you know, he's still a young striker and, and look, I mean, you can't argue with what he's done this year too. I thought he was all right. And what I like to see is I like to see the improvement in his ability to take balls down out of the air and actually like maintain possession himself you know he won three aerials today um it's still not the strongest but when we're, when we're relying on that long ball over the top to him it's it's very important for him to be able to get it down and get it in his stride and kind of explode forward um and he did that a couple times today even though the finishing wasn't quite there and but he scored the equalizer at the death. So you got to give him some credit for that. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I think the two guys that kind of lumped together was Godfrey and Dean. Um, yeah. Both of them passed the ball. Well, though, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, Luca was 85.7% pass rate and Godfrey was a little over 91. I mean, they, they were important. They didn't give the ball up too much. Uh, Dean again was off his crossing wasn't there, but again, a lot of these were low percentage crosses and, and let, let's be honest. I mean, he was part of the problem in the first half. And we were just firing the ball up front. Uh, wasn't really happy with that. And on the defensive end, I mean, look, I thought they were okay over there, but they weren't overly active. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, Godfrey had three clearances, one tackle, nothing amazing there. Dean had one clearance, but I thought he did an okay job of dealing with the wide guy on that side. So uh, I wouldn't call either of them amazing, um, but they were okay. Uh, you know, and conversely, they didn't lose the ball. I mean, between the two of them, there right. was only one dispossession from Dean, no bad touches. So we needed some of that. And there were times where, you know, they gave you a little bit of confidence. Look at Dean almost snuck a ball by Dudia too. I don't think that was the right yeah. decision, but it was pretty well hit. Um, we can mention some of the other guys too, but I, I think the only one that stood out to me that I was like, Ugh, I don't think he had a good match. And I think you probably agree is Mason Holgate. Yeah. Interesting one. He, I mean, we talked about him earlier with that really nice through ball over the top. But in general, just his – we talked about the discrepancy between the left and right side. I mean, we give Luca Dean credit because 60% of our attack was down the left and he was consistently linking up, whereas 24% was down the right side. And I think a lot of that comes down to Mason Holgate. He just doesn't strike me as a player who's that comfortable getting forward, doesn't really dribble by people that often, which, again, you know, He's a center back, so you don't really expect all that much from him playing out of position, and you'd hope that him playing on that side would be able to uh, shore things up, but he, he did a good, okay job defensively, but for me, the passing was really sloppy. I think within the first 10 minutes, he gave the ball away three times with some poor passing. For a right-footed player, he really doesn't look comfortable looking to play the ball with his right foot 
from the wing. No, and he's clever the way he creates space sometimes for himself, like a center back yeah. would, you know, when someone's pressuring him, you know, he has some composure over the ball. I just, you know, the old Nason Holgate that I didn't like was a poor decision maker sometimes, especially in defense, too rash in the tackle. And maybe him moving out to right feels like he has the freedom to do those things now, maybe. But there were times where he's just too aggressive. It got played past and uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't his best performance. I mean, the calls. I think he needs like that just open space in front of him when he's confined on both sides by the sideline. Um, Cause he does like to have the ball at his feet and drive the ball forward when he's a center back. Sometimes I don't think he's as good as Yuri Mina at it and not quite as quick as Ben Godfrey, but with that, just the sideline just seems to restrict his play to a point where, you know, we're asking the question is, is Seamus Coleman need to come back in and play right back. I still think he's probably a better overall option, especially on the defensive side of the ball than Coleman going forward, but not his best performance today. Yeah. I, I would have opted for Mina and Godfrey, but I recognize we have a match midweek. It'd be very interesting to see what Carlo comes up with that. Um, anyway, uh, think that kind of wraps up at least the player stuff um i kind of want to get into some of the comments that we have out there we always have some good ones um so let's start off with tacoma toffee at tacoma toffee (laughs) interesting um no (laughs) that was terrible and totally undeserved but it made me laugh a lot that we got a point well i mean i don't know the xg would indicate the opposite and that's the thing i mean manchester united loves firing those balls from deep i I think the only reason why it feels more dangerous than maybe it was and maybe they scuffed a bunch of their shots is because they do have some guys that can score from deep maybe um i don't know um and then James put in andy's comment again even though he thought he was going to be too late to put it in so i i'm just I'm disappointed with that. You know, I told him you snooze, you lose. <laughs> and he still got no. one in. So you just take it away from me. I, the tall Canadian guy, you can, you can quote him. I always quote him. He got one. He got one in late last time. So I had to include him this time because <laughs> he was very prompt. And he said, uh, this is at what a wild world. He said, mixed emotions. Definitely to get a draw after being down twice is amazing, but can't help feel it was a missed opportunity at two, two. We set up frust- to frustrate, which is fine, but gave away cheap goals by not closing basics. Then we get back in. Amazing. Then went back into shells. Look, it was back and forth the entire match. At 2-2, I agree. We probably should have taken more advantage of that. Showed a bit more attacking intent. But I think Carlo was maybe too pragmatic, you could say, by by letting us sit back and kind of absorb some pressure for a little bit before finally going for it at the end. Uh, next up, we have at PeteRabbit68. He said, usually that, in all caps, in quotes, Happens to us. Yep. We were not good enough, and a draw is a very good result. The first two Man U goals uh, are on essentially the same play. We don't close down the ball on the corner of the box, and with Man U, they punish you for giving them time and space up the toffees. Yeah, I still want to say on those, though, I, I don't like the idea that we're targeting individuals on it. And I had a really good uh, exchange at one point where we kind of talking about the tactical elements of that. I mean, it's really got to be team defense on that one. You know what I mean? And I, I think sometimes, you know, we want to blame someone individually and yes, there's often one person that's maybe more responsible for the mistake than others. But look, when you're defending, especially deeper, it's a collective, you know what I mean? And we, we got to remember that sometimes I, I think sometimes we're a little too, too quick on the trigger to kind of say, Oh, that person made, made a yeah. terrible mistake. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really, I, I think we got to take a step back and really look at the whole play. You know, I, I think I will say this. So Alejandro Bedoya is the guy that I was dealing with Alejandro five E four, four, man. He's tell you what, check him out, man. He does some really good analysis. I'd like some of our exchanges recently. He does a nice job of explaining defending in the four, three, one, two. And why it can be problematic and how, you know, you've got to pass people over from zone to zone. And uh, and I think it was spot on in terms of how that played out. So don't blame Tom Davies. Don't blame Henri Gomes necessarily. They did a good job of countering it. And maybe we should have been more prepared. We haven't played the system that much. Yeah. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah. And I think I think in general, you know, you see the guy whoever's closest to the ball or whoever's most recently at fault and want to point fingers without recognizing look there's a whole set of buildup and positions changing and players who are supposed to move and mark that didn't take place which then created the situation where tom davies needs to like close down because he's out of position and you gotta win your battles too i mean i'm not saying that there aren't instances where you just didn't win the battle you know what i mean but yeah i mean you know it's still a collective defending too um so let's see derek bean at yes derek very positive um 
I somehow feel empty here on cloud nine, but it's a party. Yeah. And we're with you, buddy. We're with you, buddy. I like that. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of drama going on in the name. And then the, anyway, yeah. and then of course, RuPaul Pogba at boss man, junior or junior. Uh, my reaction, it's good to be on the right side of an LOL ending. I did kind of laugh at that, too. I mean, I was kind of like, you got to be kidding me. You know, we are getting all of the luck we haven't gotten in the last five years this season. Well, let let's hope long may it continue. Indeed. And then we had uh, Dave Elkin at Elkinasty one. I absolutely love ev- everything about Ben Godfrey's game, even if he didn't have the greatest game today. Just him screaming F off to the man to the United players while celebrating DZL's goal can almost make him man of the match. Love that comment. Totally agree. Ben Godfrey, you know, didn't shine today like he has in past matches, but still another very solid performance. Yep. And then following up with Sean Khan at King Khan two two five. Um, if that's at King Corn Khan, I'd be so happy just to pull back the Nintendo <laughs> Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Starman before my time yeah before my time. giant i think it was panda i can't remember what it was anyway sorry that's terrible <laughs> king slender uh anyway both teams missed some great chances however the belief after going down two nil and three two to find a way to get a result can't be understated a really valuable point and another solid result against the top four team yeah i mean no question on the character front you know we've shown so much yeah. of it this year and you know i gotta attribute a lot of that to mr ancelotti it's gotta be all carlo you gotta think that it's like every time he's faced with a moment where the Everton of, of seasons past is threatening to rear its ugly head, he just like does the Gandalf Lord of the Rings to the Balrog where he's like, you shall not pass. You will believe that you can come back and you can win. And it seems like he's just been able to elicit some phenomenal responses from the team in the face of adversity. And that's why he's one of the best in the business, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I don't think under any of our previous three or four managers, that's a game that we end up getting anything from. I agree. So now we're down to it. Man Let's of the match. There's the big question. Um, you go first, Ryan. You go first. Keep doing that to me, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with DeCorey. Uh, he's my default for everything anyway. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's hard to pick someone in particular. I think Tom Davies is a strong candidate. Um, it's hard to really pick anyone in the back line when you can see goals like that. Um you know, Dom didn't finish his chances. Richardson played okay. Hamas still had some issues. So, I mean, the bottom line is that he got the goal and the assist. He had two interceptions, one key pass, two dispossessions only. Not bad. And look, I mean, he, I mean, did they score any goals from that side? No. I mean, he was problematic. I mean, yeah, they beat, they beat him a couple times. But, um, and the one thing that's amazing about him, I just, that second goal still just blows my mind, but um, yeah. the way he can really spring into action there, you know, initially I thought when Alon went down, we were going to play him as more of a defensive mid. And it's interesting that Carlo finds his back and forth value so strong that he's tried to kind of plug uh, Tom Davies in there at times, instead of telling to to kind of sit back more. And uh, I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. But uh, it's when work it's worked out, you know, and I'm really excited to see him back paired with Alon again. Uh, be interesting to see how he set up. But yeah, I mean, I think he's my uh, he's my man of the match. I think that's a fair decision. And I think a lot would be in agreement for me. It's going to be Tom Davies. Uh, I just really love the way he stepped up his game the last several months. And I think today saw a little bit of everything that he's capable of. I think really encouraging to see him able to get involved in the attack and throwing around perfectly weighted passes leading to goals is great to see and showing some defensive anticipation and some uh, throughout the match, maybe inconsistent defensive positioning, but I thought there was more bad than good from him today. And I thought that he really kind of solidified that back line. Um, and again, we, we conceded off of some frankly bizarre plays that uh, I don't think he was really at fault for. So he's my man of the match. I, I'm glad to see Tom playing well and I'm, Hope it continues for a long time, though. seems like Alon's can be back at any moment. So his days in the starting 11 may be numbered. I'm not going to backtrack on mine, but I have to admit, I really appreciated a couple times. You just slammed Bruno into the ground yes, and did it in a very course. subtle way. You know, you know, actually, there's another shout too. Um, man of the match debatably could be John Moss just because he made it through all 90 <laughs> minutes. Uh, at times I was concerned for him. I didn't think he was going to, and he did. So way to put forth the effort, John. Um, I think the PGM. OL uh, really needs to take a strong look at their officiating. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm watching. I watch a lot of other 
a lot of other leagues and I just don't see it is bad in those other leagues. Maybe it's the style of play. It's just the chaos that ensues. Um, and today was definitely a good example of chaos, but Hey man, I'll take the point at old Trafford any day of the week. Um, it's really important that we push on from here and take advantage of the opportunities given to us with the games at hand. And you never know what can happen. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Wow. What a big point. It almost feels surreal. It really does. It's great to to snatch a point at the death because we've seen us lose and drop points at the death so many times. And of course, sets us up nicely for a, a very important midweek FA Cup tie versus Spurs uh, kicking off at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. So be eagerly anticipating what's to come. In the FA Cup, can the Toffees continue their run? But that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a five-star review uh, and uh, any comments on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to follow us on social media, please do so uh, through linktr.ee slash Pod. Do check out also our latest episode of Toffee TV USA, where we did a full January transfer window wrap, talking about all of the outgoings and diving in a little bit on the numbers on Josh King. Um, So check that out and subscribe to Toffee TV as well. Otherwise, thanks for listening. And until next time, up the Toffees.